Okay, what are some of the challenges that you'll face as a facilitator and how do you overcome them? Well, there are many. Um, let me see if I can draw three out of my mind on the spot. So number one, people won't engage. Now, I'm sure you've been in that meeting where nobody is talking. You know, the facilitator or the chair asks a question and silence. Well, that's a common problem because people aren't sure what their role is in that meeting or they don't feel safe or you know, there's a myriad of reasons that could be at play here. Your role as a facilitator is to really start honing in on which of these things are at play. One of the things that I will do is invitation. So if you have people who are introverts and extroverts in the meeting, extroverts tend to want to talk. It helps them think better. So they may kick off straight away. Introverts will be more quiet. So one of the things that I will do is try and recognize early on who's more extroverted, who's more introverted. And to draw those people out who maybe aren't talking, I'll be honest, they often fall more towards the introverted camp for this example. And I'll simply pick three people, pick three people in the group. I'll definitely start with an extrovert and I'll finish with that person that I want to get talking, I want to be engaged and I'll throw somebody else in the middle. And it will be as simple as, you know, I've got a question for you, I'm going to throw it to George and then I'm going to go to Fred and I'm going to finish up with Jane and then if anybody else has anything to say, that's great. Then I'll ask the question. I'll give George and then Fred a go. And that's given Jane, who I suspect is more introverted and wants time to mull over an answer, that's given her that time so that she can join in. One of the things we have to remember is people think very differently and we have to respect that. So give people that you believe who are introverts opportunities to think rather than speak. There are many other um, reasons that people may not be engaging. There's cultural, there's safety reasons. One of my big topics is psychological safety and the importance of it within a team and within an organisation for things to really get effective. And if you suspect it's not safe, people won't speak up because they fear retribution. They fear some sort of punishment from the team, from their leaders, from their management, from their organisation at large. Maybe that's what they've always had is okay well they're not going to talk because if you think you're going to get slapped down don't speak up what you have to do is sense the room in that situation and by that i mean really try and understand what's making people tick one of the things that i will do is simply probe that safety and that will be make an example of myself I will say something that is contentious. I may disagree with the team lead. Okay. And just to see what happens. Okay. They may be perfectly fine with me coming in as an external scrum master or coach disagreeing. But does anybody else join me? You know, maybe not. Maybe I've disagreed in a daft way and I get told that and that's fine. But I'm not going to die from that. There's nothing serious coming out of it but what i'm seeing out of doing that is how the team respond to challenge to strong people
to those strong personalities or those people with authority? Do they accept it? Are they surprised by it? Do they join it? Okay. So we're trying to understand in facilitation, are people safe to speak truth to power, as Amy Edmondson would call it? Are they happy to say things that may not be welcomed? You know, calling out the elephants in the room, saying that we didn't do a great job when everybody else is cheering because they know we didn't. And I'm going to first of all model that it is safe because I believe there's very, very little in most people's work environment that's going to harm you in any serious way. There's no lasting impact to somebody getting upset and shouting at you. It's just something that we as Scrum Masters have to accept might happen if we push the wrong buttons early on. Okay, And we have to learn how to A, let it just roll off our backs. We just go, okay, that's a thing. It happened. I understand why it happened. Or maybe I don't understand why it happened, but I understand that it did. I understand my part in this. Um, I'm not going to do that again. Okay, with those people at that time, that was the wrong thing. Okay, spend some time thinking about it. Maybe talk to the people you've wound up. But also, what are they going to do? Do you think you're going to end up in a fist fight in the office? You're certainly not going to end up in one through a web camera. So physically, you're very safe. It's going to be the emotional, the social stresses that you're putting on yourself. Well, if you're concerned about that, Scrum Mastery may not be for you anyway. And lastly, what have we got? People going off agenda. One of my favourites. Happens all the time. I'm as guilty of it as anybody else. So one of the key things you need for people to go off an agenda is an actual agenda. I'm putting together a course around facilitation and one of the key parts in it is agendas. Uh, so often I've been to a meeting, a scrum meeting, you know, an agile meeting, a general team meeting, not an agenda in sight. Well, what's the point? What's the purpose? Or what's the plan to get to that purpose? As a facilitator, if you don't have that agenda, then they can't go off agenda because there is no plan. You may or may not end up with a purpose, but I suspect you need to up your facilitation game. But you do have an agenda. Well done. People are steering off it. This is often well-pointed questions. Okay? All you are doing is asking, how is this helping us with this agenda item? How is this getting us to the goal? You can ask it nicely, but firmly. If people are going off and off and off and they keep veering off, it turns from questions to, OK, it seems like we really need to talk about this topic. Is it more important than the purpose of this meeting? Because if so, we need to take a minute, make sure we've got the right people and have that meeting now okay, and find a suitable time to finish this meeting. Or is it that that's the thing that you want to talk about, but you need to talk about the purpose of the meeting that we engaged in. Which one? And really be quite direct. Give them that opportunity. Because if they say this conversation is what we need to have, your role is to ensure they get the best out of their time. Well, that's more important than what you thought was important. OK. Roll with it. Spin up an agenda for that meeting. Ask them what they need. What's the purpose of it? What good looks like? Who needs to be in that? OK, well, we need to reconvene a meeting. Maybe not everybody's here. If 
and it often is the case, they say, no, the original purpose is the important one. Well, you've got them to tell you that and everybody else. And what this does is it reaffirms in their mind that maybe, just maybe, they should stay on track, bring them back to that agenda. Okay? And as they do, and they will begin to veer off again, just remind them that's an important conversation. I get it, but it's not for now. At the end of this meeting, I will make sure that we have the appropriate time set up with the right people. Okay, But please, let's get focused. Let's get this one done and then we can get on to that one. So there's a few things that you'll come across as a facilitator and some ways to tackle them. Um, thank you. If you've got to this point in the video, I hope you've enjoyed it. If so, a like would be appreciated. If you want to hear more from me, more answers to questions that maybe you've got in the Agile world, please subscribe to the channel. And if you've got a question that you really want answered, drop it in the comments. I promise we'll get around to it. Thank you.